Welcome, thanks for joining us. You're about to hear a message from our Wednesday night Solid Rock Youth Group service. Solid Rock is a ministry of Living Word Family Church, and if you'd like to know more, check us out on our website at www.livingwordfamily.org. Tonight, we are going to talk about a poem that I came across a while back. It's called Jesus of the Scars. It's written by a gentleman named Edward Shilito. I'm not sure how to pronounce that last name. I'll just call it Shilito because it sounds kind of cool. Okay? This poem was published in 1919. Was it, what year is it this year? 2019. This poem was written and published 100 years ago. Kind of crazy, kind of cool. Uh, this gentleman, I'm not, sur- I'm not sure, 100% sure if he served in World War I, but this is about that time frame that this poem was written, right around in the time frame of World War I. The, lots of crazy stuff going on. Thanks, buddy. Hey, did anybody, do you guys all get one back there? Can you get, thank you, bud. And the leaders can get one, too. I don't want them to feel left out like Riley did. <laughs> okay, so here, I want to go through this together, right? And then I'm going to make some points on it. <clears throat> Jesus of the Scars by Edward Shilito. If we ever, can you read it? You have to come up here and get a microphone. Come on, Justin. Seriously, come on. I'll have you read the first paragraph. Eden, did you volunteer? Did you raise your hand? Sweet. All right, perfect. All right, we're going to fire up Emily's mic. All right, read the first paragraph. Now, right, you guys, listen up. Follow along on your sheet, but listen up. Yeah, no, use the mic. C- recording and so everybody can hear you. Uh, just that first paragraph there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got this, buddy. Deep, manly voice, you got it. Let me test how close to hold it. There you go, right there. If we had... There, we're good. All right, go ahead. If we have never sought, we seek thee now. Thine eyes burn through the dark, our only stars. We must have sight of thorn pricks on thy brow. We must have thee, O Jesus of the scars. The heavens frighten us, they are too calm. In all universe, we have no place. Our wounds are hurting us. Where is the balm? Lord Jesus, by thy scars, we claim thy grace. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Give him a big hand. I'm talking two microphones, sorry. All right, Eden's going to read the second one, and then Johnny, be ready to read the third one. All right. Yep, hold that mic up. Yep, there you go. Shh. If when the doors are shut, thou drawest near, only reveal those hands that the side of thine. We know today the wounds are, have no fear. Show us thy scars. We know, the, we know the countersign. Thank you very much. All right. Come here, Johnny. Pronounce what one? Is this wast or wast? I'm so thou, thou wast. Like wast? was, but wast. Like yeah. That, the... yeah, this again, this was written 100 years ago, so right. bring out your best Shakespearean English here. <laughs> no, 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 no. Go ahead and read through them. The other gods were strong, but thou wast weak. They rode, but thou didn't stumble to a thro- didst stumble to a throne. But to our wounds, only God's wounds can speak. And not a god has wounds, but thou alone. Thank you very much. Thank you. Pretty stoked that you guys volunteered to read that. Okay, so here's what we're going to do on this. Did that sound kind of confusing because of the, kind of the, the old, older English that it was written in? No, Emmy got that. She's a pro at Shakespearean English. Okay, here we're going to go through this and we're going to break this down and what this poem is talking about. 
If we have never sought, we seek thee now. Now, do you notice thee is capitalized? Who is, it, who is he speaking about? Jesus. That's right. He's speaking about seeking after Jesus. If we have never sought, we seek thee now. This is a gentleman who's going through something in his life. If I have never sought you before, I seek you now. Thine eyes burn through the dark, our only stars. So he is seeking Jesus, and Jesus is all that he sees. He's alone with Christ. We must have sight of thorn pricks on thy brow. We must have thee, O Jesus, of the scars. When, it says, when he says Jesus of the scars, what's that referring to? What scars is he referring to? Yeah, exactly right. The scars of his crucifixion. The scars of his scourging. The stripes on his back. The way his flesh was torn. Jesus was brutally crucified and murdered for us. We have sight of thorn pricks on thy brow. The crown of thorns that was placed on his head. And when I say placed, please don't misunderstand. It was not placed gently. It was placed firmly to where it pierced his head. We talk about the stripes that Jesus took on his back for our healing. I firmly believe that the, the, the thorns that pierced his head was not only for also healing, but for mental healing, emotional wellness. Does that make sense? The stripes that he took on his back was for our bodily healing, our physical healing. The piercing of his head was for our mental and emotional healing. So when I talk about you having a hole in your heart, a hole in your life, something is wrong, there's something missing, okay? Maybe there's a depression that's starting to sink in and starting to, to envelop you. You feel like you're alone. Okay, this is what I'm talking about. Jesus heals depression. We must have thee, O Jesus of the scars. The heavens frighten us. They are too calm. In all the universe, we have no place. He is describing himself as being alone. Nowhere to go. The heavens almost seem too calm with the, the, the trials and atrocities and horrible things going on down here on earth. In all the universe, we have no place. Our wounds are hurting us. Where is the balm? Do you know what balm is? B-A-L-M, balm? Do you know what, does anybody know what that is? What's that? Like lip balm, yeah, what is it? Tell me, give me an idea, tell me what it is. Give me a description of what it is. Aiden. Yes, it's like a healing cream, like, like Vaseline or those type of ointments would be a balm. What are they for? They're to soothe wounds, to soothe hurting skin. Uh, whatever the, you know, whatever it is. There's lots of them for lots of different things, Okay. But that, what is he saying here? Our wounds are hurting us. Where is thy balm? I am in pain. I am in anguish. I am going through something. Where is my healer? Where is something that will make me feel better? Do you understand that when I talked about that from before, the, uh, before service, when we talked about what you, what you run to when you're hurting, when you're alone, when you are feeling uh, whatever it is, you're feeling that emptiness, that hole in your life, you run to something or someone. And if that something or someone is not Jesus Christ, if that something or someone is not seeking God, seeking His face in whatever area, that you're, whatever trouble you're going through, you're seeking the wrong thing. If you're seeking something else to be that balm, that something that makes you feel better, if it's not Jesus, it's wrong. Okay? If it's not Jesus, it's wrong. Where is the balm? 
Where is that thing that will make me feel better, that will help me, that will heal me? Lord Jesus, by Thy scars, we claim Thy grace. It's by the stripes of Jesus. It's by the crucifixion of Jesus that we receive His grace. If, when the doors are shut, Thou drawest near, only reveal those hands, that side of Thine. What is that referring to? What? Can anybody tell me what uh, uh, um, incident in the Bible this is drawing a, a picture of? Reveal your side. Reveal those scars. Shut the door behind you. I need to see you. I need to see what the. I need to see the evidence of these scars. What is he talking about? To Thomas. Yes. No. That's right. Remember when Jesus reveals himself to the disciples. Remember Thomas said, I will not believe that Jesus is risen again unless I can put my fingers in His scars, in those wounds. And what happens? Jesus comes, He reveals Himself to them, and He says, Thomas, come here. Look at my hands. Put your fingers in my side. Jesus still had the wounds from His crucifixion after He was risen again from the dead. And you see in Revelation, when you read through the book of Revelation, when it mentions the Lamb of God who was sacrificed from the beginning of the world for our sins, the Lamb of God still shows the wounds of that crucifixion. Why do you think that is? It's a permanent reminder of the endless, matchless mercy and grace of God. This is why we refer to Jesus as Jesus of the scars in this poem. Because He bears those scars as a reminder of what He did for us. We know today what wounds are. Have no fear. We know what it means to be hurt. We know what it means to feel lost. We know what it means to feel like there's no hope, like we don't know where, what is coming next. We know what it feels like to be wounded. How many of you know what it feels like to be wounded? Physically wounded, emotionally wounded, mentally wounded, stressed, depressed, sad, angry. We know what it's like to be wounded. Why? Even from a young age, you guys, almost every single one of you knows what it feels like to be wounded in some way because we live in a fallen world and we are surrounded by fallen people. We are surrounded by human beings who make mistakes. And sometimes people hurt us. Sometimes our decisions hurt ourselves. And we cause pain, we cause harm, we cause wounds to come to ourselves. So what is he saying here? We know today what wounds are. Have no fear. Show us thy scars we know the countersign. I had to look up countersign because I had an idea what it was. But when I looked it up, countersign is actually uh, defined as like you're, when you walk up to a soldier who's on guard and you give him a password so that you can get by. So it's interesting that a, a World War I soldier, uh, it's believed that he served in World War I. I didn't find evidence or proof of that uh, necessarily. But somebody who would be very familiar of, of, with what war's going on and everything like that, and he says, show us thy scars. We know the countersign. We know the password. We know how to come into your grace. It's through faith. It's through faith that we come in to the mercy and grace of God. Now listen to this. This is the part. This is the part that I first heard that made me want to go look up the rest of this poem. These last four lines, I want you to burn into your mind. In 20 years, when I see you and your family shopping at Target, 
I want to ask you about these last four lines and I want you to be able to tell them to me. Okay? The other gods were strong, but thou wast weak. What other gods is he talking about? Anybody tell me? What other gods is he talking about, Johnny? Yeah, fake gods. Any other gods is a false god, right? Jesus Christ, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the, the, the Trinity, the triune God, the one true God in three persons. It is so hard for me to explain that. I've had people try to explain it to me, and it is one of the hardest things for me to, to kind of wrap my mind around is one God in three persons, okay? The closest that I could ever come to wrapping my mind around it is that I am one person, and at the same time, I am a father, I am a son, I am a husband. You see where that comes from? That's the closest way I can even wrap my mind around the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, okay? Anyway, the other gods were strong, so we serve the one true God, Yahweh, the God of the Bible. All the other gods, and you read about them, they are numerous. Throughout the Old Testament, Eastern mythology, Eastern mythology, <laughs> I was pointing west, Eastern mythology, uh, uh, Greek mythology, Roman mythology, all these other, I mean, you can read them throughout history, countless gods these people served. They were always strong gods, gods of war, gods of fertility, gods of harvest, um, battle-ready gods. I mean, all these people serve gods who, who required them to do these insane, crazy things to, to remain in their good graces. Some of the gods of the Old Testament that the people served in the Old Testament that made God the one true God so angry is that these people would serve false gods, sacrifice their children to them. And there's no God there. They just, they came up with it somewhere, somehow, as a replacement for the one true God, and they began serving these other gods, doing awful things. The other gods were strong. He used lowercase g, the other gods. These are not true gods. These are not real gods. They were strong. How can a, how can a false god be strong? Strong in the people who sacrifice to them, who worship to them, who believe in them. Oh, I believe that my God is the strongest. He will do this. He will do that. The other gods were strong, but thou wast weak. Did you know that Jesus Christ of the Christian faith, out of all the other religions in the world, is the only God to sacrifice Himself? Bet you didn't know that, did you? To sacrifice Himself for us, for our sins, for the things that we did wrong. So all these other gods claim to be strong, or people claim that these gods are strong. Jesus showed us His strength in His meekness, in His humility to the plan of God the Father. They rode, remember I said gods of battle, they rode, but thou didst stumble to a throne. Jesus didn't ascend to this mighty throne where he holds this huge sword and a shield and he's just this powerful Zeus of a character, right? No, Jesus stumbled to the cross for you. Jesus took that beating and that whipping and that scourging and that crown of thorns. He was spit upon and laughed at and made fun of. He bore that cross all the way to Calvary for you. 
the only God to ever do such a thing. Do you know why that is? Because in all of history, all the other false gods that people make up in their minds, and we have them today too. I'll go over that here in just a second. We may not worship Zeus. We may not worship Baal. We may not worship all these other false gods that we read about in the Old Testament. We have our own gods that we worship. We worship pleasure. We worship money. We worship our own selves through our selfish motivations and selfish choices. Jesus stumbled to His throne. He didn't just put on a crown and say, listen to me, I'm the boss. He stumbled to the cross, died for you and for me. And it was only then, after that extreme example of obedience to God the Father, did He then, after three days of being dead, rise again to receive His glory, and to sit at the right hand of God the Father. It was only after that extreme obedience to the will of God did He then receive His throne. But, now listen to this. So those two lines, right? The other gods were strong, but thou wast weak. They rode, but thou didst stumble to a throne. But to our wounds, only God's wounds can speak. I don't know if you are listening to that or not, but that is insanely powerful. But to our wounds, the wounds we just talked about, whatever wounds you are carrying with you from somebody doing you wrong or you doing yourself wrong or making bad, whatever the case is, whatever wounds you are carrying with you, whatever shame and guilt you are carrying, but to our wounds, only God's wounds can speak. You can try everything else in the world to heal the pain of those wounds. You can put anything else in front of you that you want to. Guys, you can look at all the porn in the world to try to make you feel better. And it will never, ever, ever make you feel better. Ladies, you can try to do whatever you can to make that guy like you, call you pretty, show you respect. And if that is the only thing that will make you feel complete and make you feel whole, you will chase that for the rest of your life. I've heard of too many young ladies, and more often than not, it's a young lady, who sends inappropriate pictures to some guy because she's so desiring to feel loved and be thought of as beautiful. And this guy says, hey, just send me that pic. Oh man, you're beautiful. Just send me that pic. I'm going to go away if you don't send me that pic. And if that's what it takes for you to feel beautiful about yourself, no amount of pictures in the world will ever ever satisfy a guy if that's all he wants from you. Ever. But to our wounds, only God's wounds can speak. You can try anything that you want to to fill that void, to fill those wounds in your heart. 
but only the wounds of God, only the sacrifice of a Savior who knows you so intimately inside and out. The Bible says He actually counts the number of hairs on your head. For some of us, that's a shorter number than others. Can you imagine a God who cares so deeply about you He actually knows the number of hairs on your head. Something that to us would seem so incredibly pointless and worthless. God says, no, I even care about that. Only a God like that who took on wounds for you can fill that hole in your heart. But to our wounds, only God's wounds can speak. And, here's the last line, I want you to memorize this. I want you to burn this into your memory forever and ever and ever. The other gods were strong, but thou wast weak. They rode, but thou didst stumble to a throne. But to our wounds, only God's wounds can speak, and not a God has wounds, but thou alone. Jesus of the scars. Not a God in all of this world has wounds, but Jesus Christ. Jesus of the scars who took those wounds for you. Who took that punishment for you. He is the only one who can fill that gaping hole in your heart. I'm going to read a few verses to you. And then we're going to worship together. 2 Corinthians, starting in chapter 12. 2 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 10. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness. This is Paul speaking to the Corinthian church. That is why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Do you see how Paul's modeling Christ-like behavior? Do you see the ultimate strength Christ showed was in His obedience to God and humbling Himself to be beaten and crucified? Showing weakness proves himself to be strongest of all. And Paul was showing that here as well. And then in chapter 13, just a couple paragraphs over, chapter 13, verse 4. Although he was crucified in weakness, he now lives by the power of God. We too are weak just as Christ was, but when we deal with you, we will be alive with him and will have God's power. Do you see how weakness and power are contrasted in Jesus Christ. See what Paul is saying here? Although he was crucified in weakness, he now lives by the power of God. Do you realize that you cannot truly understand what somebody is going through until you've been through that too, right? You can empathize with them. You can say, oh my gosh, that's terrible. I'm so sorry that you're going through that. And you can try to be compassionate. You can try to be understanding. You can listen to their point of view, but you will never, ever have an understanding of what they're going through unless you have been through that yourself. Am I right? What's the phrase people say? You won't know what they're going through unless you've been a mile in their shoes. Right? Right? Nobody knows what you're going through unless they've been through it. Jesus has been through it. Jesus has been through it. He went through that weakness and now is crowned in glory because of His obedience to the Father. And the last verse I want to hit up with you here, Hebrews chapter 5, 
Verses 1 and 2, Every high priest is a man chosen to represent other people in their dealings with God. He presents their gifts to God and offers sacrifices for their sins. And he is able to deal gently with ignorant and wayward people because he himself is subject to the same weakness. Now, I'm reading that for you for a reason. High priests in, in Old Testament times were the, people, were, the, were the people assigned by God to bring sacrifices and offerings for the people, the Israelites at large, right? The Israelites would bring in their offering. The priests would take that offering and offer it to God on the people's behalf. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Okay. Uh, that's who the high priests were. That's who the priesthood, the priesthood was. That's what they did. And he is able to deal gently with ignorant and wayward people because he himself is subject to the same weakness. Do you realize Jesus was subject to the same weakness we were subject with? That's why he had to come as a human being to go through what we go through. To go through the same weakness and temptation and struggles that we go through. That's why he had to come as a man. Now go down to verse 7. While Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things that he suffered. What I wanted you to get from these few verses is that Jesus suffered. He was tempted. He was wounded. So when you feel wounded, when you feel like you've gone, you're going through hell, realize that Jesus is the one that can relate to you. He can understand what you're going through because He loves you deeply and intimately and He's been through the same struggles. He's been through the same temptations, the same uh, temptations of weakness. And not a God has wounds, but thou alone. Only God's wounds can speak to your wounds. Only Jesus Christ can fill that hole in your heart. So if you're trying to fill that void in your life, stand up with me. If you're trying to fill that void in your life with anything else but Jesus and the Word of God, you are missing a critical step. It's like trying to fill the Grand Canyon with water. You may feel like you're doing something, but it will never go anywhere. It will never fill up. It will never work because you could never put enough water in the Grand Canyon. And for that hole in your heart, those wounds that you have, you could never smoke enough. You could never vape enough. You could never look at enough pornography. You could never make out with enough guys or girls. You could never do anything that would fill that hole outside of Jesus Christ. Do you guys understand where I'm coming from? It's a little bit cliche, and I used to hear it when I was in youth group. But I'm going to say it because it makes a good illustration. That hole in your heart is a cross-shaped hole. It's a Jesus-shaped hole. And only Jesus can fill it. So when we try to fill it with anything else, we're trying to put something that doesn't fit in that hole and it's not going to work. It'll always leave us feeling empty, feeling like we need to try something else or try more. And it will leave you feeling empty and alone, regretful, I love you guys. And if you're dealing with a wounded heart, if there is something in your life that's missing, if there's something that's not right, I don't want you to 
search for years and years and years and try to fill that with all of the wrong things. I love you too much for that. God loves you too much for that. We love you too much for that. Tonight, it's time to fill it with the right things, the right thing, the right person, and that is Jesus Christ. Faith in him and him alone. Now, it may not feel like that hole is being filled right away, but we don't live by our feelings. We live by faith in the Word of God that says, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, when we serve Him with meekness and humility, when we are obedient to the cross of Christ, when we are obedient to the Word of God, we follow the precepts in God's Word, when we learn from it and grow from it and allow God to mold us and shape us and correct us, before you know it, you'll feel that that hole is filling, that that hole is getting smaller, that there's an area in your life that you thought would never be healed that now seems less and less of an issue. If you leave with nothing else tonight, I want you to leave with those four lines. The other gods were strong, but thou wast weak. They rode, but thou didst stumble to a throne. But to our wounds only God's wounds can speak, and not a God has wounds but thou alone, but Christ alone. As we worship together tonight, if there is a wound in your life that you need to get free from, and if you want prayer over that, I want to stand with you in prayer. I'll pray with you tonight. You can come up here tonight. You can get on your knees right where you're at tonight and give that to God and ask Him to fill that void in your heart. If you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, if you have never given Him control over your heart. Tonight's the night to do that. It's a quick and simple prayer. It's a step of faith. Receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Praying that prayer of salvation. I'll lead you in it myself. You can just repeat after me and mean it in your heart. And you can leave tonight a completely new person. Saved, set free, delivered with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. So if that's you tonight and you want to come up and you want me to pray with you, I will. If you want to come up and pray at the altar, if you want to kneel at your chair and pray, let's worship together and let's see these things, these areas in our lives changed by the power of God.